0: if you have a Bible let's open up to Ephesians chapter 6 and this morning I was just uh, spending time with the Lord and I just felt like God wanted us to cover this chapter and I don't know for sure but um, I I do know that uh, that a lot of people are experiencing spiritual battles right now it's like a tug-of-war for your soul you know and I wish that we could all kind of like see the invisible realm right now. If you could see the, the air, so to speak, uh, that dimension where there are angels and demons, you would see them swirling around right now, you know, battling for souls, trying to distract you, trying to defeat you. And so this morning as I was praying and just asking God, you know, this kind of laid on my heart and it wouldn't go away. You know, for us to study this section of scripture right here where we see the fact that we are in a war and in that war we have certain weapons in order that we might win the war. You know, I, I would venture to say that a lot of people in the church even, man, you're getting beat up by the devil. You're getting beat up by the enemy. I can visualize sometimes, you know, people there, they're on the ground and the devil has his foot on your neck. And you're not experiencing, we're not experiencing the victory that God has for us because we're not wearing the armor that God has provided for us. You know, I know it's a silly illustration, but um, what's that guy, Iron Man? Iron Man? You know, he's got his regular body, but then when he puts on the suit, it's a completely different story. That's the way it is for us. You know, if we're not wearing the armor then we're going to be defeated by the devil. And that's the last thing that that we want, you know. I was thinking about just how we want you guys to experience that victory in your life, in your marriage, in your ministry, in the calling, in the purpose, in the plans that God has for you. And uh, if we're not really careful, unfortunately, I think a lot of people do end up losing many battles in their life, even as Christians. And so prayerfully tonight, God will use this, text in ephesians six ten through 20 to give us that victory you know i've mentioned to you guys many times that the christian life is not lived on a playground it's actually life on a battleground and what we're going to see tonight is the devil doesn't fight fair it's a wicked and dark warfare that we're in and so what we have to do is we have to make sure that we know that we're in this battle and fight it with the provisions that God has provided. You know, I think I told you guys the story about the little girl one time, and she was uh, corrected by her mother for kicking her little brother and pulling his hair. You guys remember that? And so, uh, you know, she's like, what's up? Why you kick your brother and pull his hair? Why would you let the devil make you do that? And she said, well, the devil made me kick him, but I pulled his hair on my own volition, you know. (laughs) And uh, I don't know how it all works. You know, we got fallen bodies and we live in a fallen world and it makes an influence upon us. But never forget the fallen angels that are fighting against you. In one sense, it's kind of like they're the ultimate source of evil. I remember uh, a true story about uh, this one mental hospital. What they would do is they would uh, check to see whether or not an individual was ready to be released by putting them in a room where there was a mop and a bucket and a sink. And they would sit them in the room and they would put the water on. And the water would run, they would stop up the sink and when it would roll you know, into the room and stuff. And they would tell the person that they're testing whether or not uh, you know, we're going to leave the room and so we want you to take care of this problem. And so what they found is that a lot of these mental people, what they would do is they would see the mop and the bucket there And they would just mop it up the whole time rather than identifying the source of the problem and turning off the sink. So if they turn off the sink, they're ready to be released. If all they did was sit there and mop, then they would stay in the mental hospital. And I think for us, in one sense, that's kind of the way it works, you know. You got to know that the ultimate source is the devil and his demons and his lies and the way he manipulates people and the way he orchestrates things. You know, God allows it, but he's testing us. And so that's why this passage is so important, because we got to know that the ultimate source is our enemy. You know, it's hard sometimes to tell if it's him or us, but either way, we got to know it's a battle and it's dangerous 1 Peter 5.8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Now, I have to make a confession. I don't know if this is okay or not. You guys are probably going to think I'm weird from this point forward. But I'll tell you this, man, that sometimes I'll go on YouTube and I'll check out videos of lions hunting down other animals. Do You guys ever do that? You know, next thing you know, it, you know, it takes you to these other videos, you know, snakes and bears and all that kind of stuff, you know. But um, it's a trip. You know, the videos are all there, and you see the lions. And you guys know huh, how they're watching, the herd. they're waiting for the stragglers. And, you know, that, that, that lion, he wants to eat some meat. And eventually he goes and he devours one of those animals. That's what the devil wants to do to you. Understand, this is not, you know, a, a playground. This is a battleground. It's not, you know, a game of life. It's, there's a dangerous thing going on. And some people will end up in hell. Others will live a wasted life because they never really understood the nature of the battle. You know, I want you guys to know that God wants you to win. You know, as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, we know that in one sense the war is already won, but we also need to know that there's a bunch of battles along the way. And the question is, uh, will we win those battles to give God more glory and do more good for people and touch more lives? And so tonight's study, two main sections. First one is the war and then the weapons okay and so we read in verse uh, 10 ephesians 6 paul says finally my brethren be strong in the lord and in the power of his might put on the whole armor of god that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities against powers against the rulers of the darkness of this age Against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places, therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, to stand. And so, in looking at our study today, and you guys are going to see as we go through it, we're not going to be able to you know cover everything exhaustively, but what I want to do is just hopefully point you to a place that you can then. You know, dive into in your own study so that you could basically be able to wear this armor always. Always. All the armor. Always. That's what we're supposed to do as Christians. Now, in the war, we see the first thing right here, and that is that there is a strength that is necessary, right? Look again at verse 10 Finally, my brethren, be strong in the lord and in the power of his might you know and and i i don't know you know there's two sides to this one of it is you got to acknowledge the fact have you guys learned that you're not strong enough yet have you guys learned that um have you discovered that we're just sheep and you know you're just you're just sheep you know and even if we did learn kung fu sansu we could not defeat the devil we're just sheep i mean they can't run they can't bite they can't really kick they can't claw we're, we're sheep and so we need the shepherd you can't defeat a single demon none of us here can they're angels they're fallen angels you read their, their fall in isaiah 14 ezekiel 28 revelation chapter 12 verse 9 the bible says the devil drew a third of the angels uh, from heaven. And so they're demons now. And so we're sheep. We can't win against them. Maybe you're here and you're like, well, I'm not a sheep. I'm a man. I'm a man's man. Well, even if you were a man's man, I'm sorry. You can't lick a lion, bro. You can't, you know? We need God's strength and we need His power. And the cool thing is, is that His power is available to us. I didn't have that power before I was a Christian. I could not say no or whatever to drugs or alcohol or porn or pride. I had no power prior to becoming a Christian. But then when I became a Christian, he took it away. He cleansed me. He gave me his power. And then as a Christian, as you continue to want you know, to go forward, you still have to ask him for that power of the Holy Spirit. You know, it's available to us. You know, Samson, you know, you read the, the Bible and you got that guy, Samson. You guys remember him? He was a strong guy. And you read his story in the book of Judges. And so there's a story in Judges 14, verse 5 and 6. Samson went down to Timnah with his father and mother and came to the vineyards of Timnah. And to his surprise, a young lion came roaring against him. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him and he tore the lion apart that's what god will do in your life if you let him if you let him you know and so that's a picture of what you know god wants to do i mean life is different when you walk in the power of god life is different you know you the little things i mean we're we're so weak you know we got these little short fuses and someone says something and you're like what's up and road rage and You know, it's crazy the way that we are, you know, or, you know, a little something. And, you know, next thing you know, you know, your boss, you're so upset with your boss and you got him a picture of him at home on the wall and you're throwing darts at it or something, you know. And I mean, you know, it's like, uh, you know, you're married and this, you know, girl comes along and she's pretty and you're like, well, I guess I'll have some fun with her. And you throw your whole life away because you don't have The power that God wants to provide. I mean, he wants to use your life to help people pull them out of the flames of hell. And that can only happen when you have the power that God provides. You know, in Samson, we have that picture that it must be God's strength, that it can be God's strength, and it has to be constant. You know, in the Greek language, something that's real interesting about this, in verse 10, finally, my brethren, where it says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, the, the Greek uh, grammar is in the present tense, and that means that you have to continuously be strong. It's not like, okay, I'm, I had a good day yesterday, and I'm going to kind of ride that wave. It's, it's, it's a life that you walk circumspectly every day, every moment, of every day. And so. First word in the war. Is the word strength. Or strong. The second word is the word suit. Uh, if I could just give you guys that word suit. Finally my brethren be strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might. And it says put on the whole armor. Of God. And. and Any of you guys here play football. When you were in high school. Or maybe you know Little. Um, what are the little guys called? Yeah, um, Pop Warner, yeah. And so, you know, you're playing football and you got the pads on, huh? And you got the, the, the helmet on. Or imagine these guys storming the beaches of Normandy on D-Day without their proper attire as a soldier. You know, there is a certain uh, a suit, armor that we need to wear. We're going to look at it l- more closely in just a minute. But for now, I, I just want you guys to notice that it says right here, we're not to just put on a piece of the armor or a portion of it for protection. We're to put on the full armor of God. And so I, I pray that you would know the Greek, remember, grammar. It says constantly, you know, wear this, have this strength and, and wear all the armor. So you got to wear all the armor all the time, right? And, and as we're, we're wearing that armor, we're going to be less vulnerable. As a matter of fact, my prayer for my wife lately, for myself lately, is that we would be impregnable. Impregnable. I knew that word meant something. I'm like, man, I heard that word somewhere. So I looked it up in the dictionary, and it, it says, unable to be captured or broken into, unable to be defeated or destroyed. And if you're wearing all the armor all the time, then you will be impregnable, you see? And this is our our desire. This is our goal. You know, a lot of people ask, well, how do you put the armor on? And I want to tell you this, because some guys will tell you, well, all you got to do is pray. Listen, it's more than just a pause to pray. It's more than just a moment of meditation. Putting the armor of God on is a life that we live. It's a life that we live. And we're going to see that as we go through our study today. It's not done in a typical dressing room. We need to change really in the chambers of our hearts. It's there that we change. And what we do in one sense is we put off the old man and we put on the new man. It's there that we put on the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Romans thirteen fourteen, right? I mean, I, I guess in one sense, you, you kind of want to come to that place in your life where Jesus will say to you, "You're putting me on." You know what I'm saying? You guys, come on. You guys get it. You know. <laughs> hey, he put on the Lord Jesus Christ. He put off the old man and put on the new man. You know, whenever we get dressed, you know, we got to take off our old clothes. They're dirty. They're stinky. You know, and you put on the new one, and now we put on Jesus. And when we do, when we put on this armor, then we're ready for the battle. You see, in looking at the war, there's a strength that we need. There's a suit that we wear, and there's a stand that we need to take. And I pray that this is something that we would have in our hearts. You know, in this section right here, up until verse 14, there's four times that he talks about standing. And in verse 11, he says, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to to stand against the wiles of the devil. In verse 13, he says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day and having done all to stand. And then in verse 14, that's the first word we see there. He says, stand therefore. And so this is what we want. We we need God's strength and his strength is available. We need his suit and his suit is available. And if we gather God's strength and we wear God's suit, then we will stand. And that's the goal. You know, uh, I'm sure you guys feel the same way that I do. Just, it just breaks your heart because we see so many people, unfortunately, fall. You know, they, they fall, they get knocked down. Some of them get knocked out. Some of them fall so hard that they fall away. And what God wants us to do is He wants us to stand. You know, this is our goal. We we got to fight. Let's do our best not to stumble or fall. You know, um, some Christians, they get their eyes off the Lord and they get casual. And they become casualties. It's so good to see you guys here on a midweek service. I'm serious. You know, um on Sundays, I forgot what Sunday I, I wasn't here. I, well, maybe once a year I'm not here, twice a year whether I mean, I'm not on a missions trip. But you know, you know, people are at the mall. You know, during the summer they're at the beach, and so it's it's cool that you guys have that conviction to come to church because even Jesus came to church, right? Um, but then here you are in a midweek service, and I'm not sure why you came tonight. Um, hopefully, it's because you're seeking after God. You know. But, um, you know, to to see you guys here, to me, I'm like, Lord, that's so cool. You know, they they want you. uh, The enemy wants them too. He wants to make them fall. But, Lord, I pray that as a result of, you know, just them seeking you on a consistent basis, they they will stand uh, when others might fall. You know, you're not going to become a casualty. And when the devil comes in, a lot of times he'll just get you distracted. You become divisive, disobedient. And I guess the ultimate goal is that you would be disqualified. And so that won't happen to us, huh? That's my prayer that we'll stand. And you know, uh, just a couple of things in this that we need to highlight in verse 13. Notice again, he says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Some days are, are, are worse, or I guess you could say darker than others. There's some seasons of your life. For example, when Job got hit, that was a real rough time for him. And so, you know, it's going to come. Eventually, something is going to happen, and so you kind of got to be ready for that. That's one thing. We will stand and know what we see in verse 13, that some days are darker than others. And then the second thing is that what we see the, uh, the devil do He's not just a lion who devours, he's also a snake that deceives. Notice again there in verse 11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And so uh, how many of you here think that you're smarter than the devil? We're not, none of us would, would acknowledge that. You need, we need supernatural smarts. We need the wisdom that comes from a life of prayer. We need the wisdom of God's word because he is, that word right there, wiles, it means that he's cunning, he's crafty, he means he's deceitful, and he's a a trickster, so to speak. You know, the same Greek word is used in Ephesians 4.14 where the Bible says we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. And the Greek word uh, translated plotting, that's the same Greek word used in Ephesians 6. So the devil and his demons, what they do is they watch you and they say, well, this is how I can take him down. You know, this is his vulnerability, you know? And so we've got to be ready. We've got to understand that he will sneak up on us. I'm bummed that some Christians are sometimes tossed around, they're tricked, and sometimes even kicked around but for us, we've got to know basically the two things that we see right here. Number one, that in God we can be stronger. And then number two, that in God we can be smarter. We can, right? One last word in this section that starts with an S, and that, that is the word struggle. We talked about the strength for the war and the suit for the war and the stand in the war. Now we see the struggle in the war. Look again, if you would, at verse uh, twelve. It says, "For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Um, I used to wrestle in high school, and we know that in one sense, that's what this word is talking about the 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 one to one combat, right. Uh, and, and praise God for our friends, or we 're going to see later on in this chapter that they you guys do make a difference man as you 're praying for people, then that 's going to help them, but at the end of the day it's it, when i when I would go and I would get on that mat, it was me and him, it was me and him right and and in one sense it 's kind of like that, although we have God in our corner it 's you and and you're, and you're wrestling. You're wrestling with demons. You're wrestling with demons. Prayerfully, all you guys here are doing good, right? But can I ask you a question? Listen, pay attention for just a second. I know you're thinking of other things in and out. Earlier, Henry and I walked out. We could smell it, man. Are you being pinned by the devil today? Some of you guys are. Yeah, but I'm in church. You know what? It doesn't mean that you're winning the war. Don't, don't let the devil do that to you. And know that part of the reason a lot of times that people don't win that war is because they think, well, being a Christian is easy. They think of it more as a, as a snuggle instead of a struggle hey, I signed up to snuggle with the Lord, you know, or it's it's cool. (laughs) And that's cool. I mean, yeah, praise God for that. No, it's a struggle. What's a struggle? It's a battle. You know, sometimes when I'm I'm on the treadmill, man, and it's, you know, this is nothing compared to what some of other people go through, but you push yourself. You just push yourself, and you make it like it's not easy. You can barely breathe, or whatever the case may be, right? And, you know, because you know, that you, if you don't you know, struggle, you know, you're not going to you know, gain any ground. And, and some people, uh, they won't do that. Once it gets hard, they're like, I'm out of here. No, I'm telling you right now, it's, it's a wrestling match. It is a struggle. It's not going to be easy. You're going to have to tap into God's power. You're going to have to be a man willing to get on your knees. You're going to have to be a person who willing to take up their cross. Some people say, well, I want the power of the resurrection. Well, you won't even suffer to die. How are you ever going to get the power of the resurrection? You know, because once we start suffering a little bit, we recoil. No, go through it, bro. Go through it because it is a struggle. I mean, other translations, New King James uses the word wrestle, but almost all other translations talk about the fact that it is a struggle. You know, and it's a struggle against demons, not people. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and, and powers, right? And so I, I know sometimes I talk to Christians or talk to people and they say, oh, I struggle with him. Yeah, that, that bro, he's weird, man. You know, I struggle with her. Let me ask you a question again. You struggle with Who? Who? You're not struggling with her. You're not struggling with him. You're struggling with the devil. And that's why we have to make sure that we use spiritual weapons. Please, you guys, let's do this. Let's do this the way God wants us to. 2 Corinthians 10.4, it says, For the weapons of our warfare, are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. And so, you know, for us, it's not carnal, it's it's spiritual. and And so that's four things about the war. But let me talk now about the weapons. And we're going to touch on these real quick. Look at verse 14. As we look at now the breakdown of the weapons, and we're going to see that there's seven things. Notice what he says right here. He says, stand therefore... being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And for me, Paul says, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. And so real quick, I want to touch on these uh, weapons with you. And what I'm just praying, you guys, is that, um, that as you uh, discover what the weapons are, that as I was telling you earlier, that it's not just a prayer you pray, it's not just a meditation for a moment, it's a life that you live, that as we look at these things, that men from this point forward will do everything that we can to wear all the armor all the time. Okay, number one is the belt of truth. And so, you know, you put on the, 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 the belt of truth, and we know the soldier, he wore, you know, a tunic, it fit loosely, and so ancient combat was primarily hand-to-hand. And so, of course, a loose tunic would be dangerous. Uh, a belt was therefore necessary. And we're going to see that the belt, basically, he pulls everything together, and it's actually from this belt that he would uh, have his sword. And so, what is the belt of truth for us and the belt of truth is for, you, for me and you to be true. That's what it is. You know, not necessarily perfect, but we talked about this being proper. We're whole. We're holy. We are men of women, not of hypocrisy, but of integrity. That that's the type of person that we are, right? You know, and and with that, you know, belt of truth, of course we know it has a lot to do with what's going on in your heart and what comes out of your mouth. You know, some people, they like to color the truth. You know, when really truth is black and white. You don't have to color it. You don't have to exaggerate. You don't have to manipulate. You don't have to add to it or take away. You don't have to withhold information. You know, to be people of truth, you won't get anywhere Without this belt. And we're going to see that there's a reason, I think, that it was mentioned first on the list of weapons. To be men and women of total truth and integrity is of utmost importance. You know, Warren Rigby said Satan is a liar, but the believer whose life is controlled by the truth will defeat him. The belt holds all the other parts of the armor together, and truth is the integrating force in the life of the victorious Christian. A man of integrity with a clear conscience can face the enemy without fear, and, and I guess in one sense, uh, what we're saying in this in this sense is to be like real. You're Christians. You love Jesus. You know, you're not you know living a dual life. You're men and women of truth. As Moses was commanded to pick in Exodus eighteen twenty one men of truth. I, I do encourage you guys to clean house and to have a clean heart. And so that's where it starts. But then secondly, he mentions in verse 14, the breastplate of righteousness. Notice again there in verse 14, stand therefore having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Now this piece of armor, it covered the body, um, from the neck down now it's interesting there were different types of breastplates Uh, some were a little bit less uh protective than others um and and so it's interesting some of the breastplates would go all the way down to the hips and and so here's the way that the breastplate works you guys that that when you become a believer you receive the imputed righteousness of christ to your account so, man, right off the bat, when you give your life to Christ, you have His righteousness, right? The Bible says, "For He made Him who knew no sin to become righteousness for us, right? That we might become the righteousness of God. That he may, we might may become the righteousness of God in Him. He became sin for us, and so that comes to our account the moment that we're saved, okay? But we want to grow in that. The, I think the way it works is that the John three thirty he must increase i must decrease more and more and more like jesus and and when you're more and more like christ then this righteousness is kind of like the 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 breastplate it grows and we become you know more protected and that's what we need you know i'm not saying that you earn it but there is an aspect of not just the imputed righteousness but the imparted righteousness Not just the positional righteousness, but the practical righteousness. There's an aspect of when I start living my life like Jesus, it protects me, protects my heart, it protects. That's the breastplate of righteousness. And then he mentions the the gospel shoes in verse 15. Notice what he says. And having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel shoes, Of peace and so, can you guys visualize the guys putting on the armor? Okay, so he's got his his gird or the the tunic and so he puts on his belt. The waist was kind of like the the center of your body, and then uh, he puts on the breastplate of righteousness, right? And then he goes down and he straps on his shoes. They would have these hobnails in the soles to give him better uh, footing uh, for the battle. And definitely, if we're going to stand, we're definitely going to have to have those types of shoes on, right? And, and what that is, the, is wearing those shoes, the preparation of the gospel of peace, is uh, having an understanding of the gospel for you, and then always being ready to share it. And so, this is a life that we live. Now, when I got saved, uh, I'll tell you guys this. I didn't really know, like, I didn't understand everything. I knew that I was a sinner, and I needed a savior. I knew that. And and so, you know, when the altar call came and I went forward and Christ came into my life, I mean he saved me, man. But then as I continued to study the Bible, I can I, I started understanding the gospel even more. You know, the other day we had some JWs come knocking at our door and uh I love it when they come, man. <laughs> it's, For a while there, they wouldn't come, you know, because all this stuff, they marked my house and whatever. But um, the other day they came. And and so I just asked the lady that was there, I just said, how is someone saved? Can you tell me this? Because I read the magazines and I looked at your website. I want to hear it from your mouth. Tell me how someone is saved. And, you know, she told me, well, you have to believe and you have to do good works. And I said, wrong. Acts 16.31, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Romans chapter 10, verse 9. I just started sharing all these verses. They didn't know their Bible. And she started backpedaling <laughs> like this. And I just said, you want to know something? You're preaching a perverted gospel. You're adding to it. I know the gospel. And I know how someone is saved. And yes, I understand what you're saying about works. But works are fruit of my salvation. They're not the root of my salvation. Ephesians 2, it says in verse eight nine and ten that were saved by grace alone through faith alone in christ alone and it's not by works we are his workmanship created for christ jesus for good works which he prepared beforehand that we should walk in them and so you know for me understanding the gospel you know for myself and then being able to go out and share it with others you know that's getting your shoes on that's you know holding your ground you know and i want to encourage you guys don't be shy share that part of the warfare real quick let me just touch on these things because i told you guys we weren't going to be able to um cover everything in depth but my prayer is that you would you know when it comes to you know guys coming to church and stuff you know you get the word a couple hours a week maybe three if you know you're really saved and um i was joking (laughs) you know but ultimately you're gonna have to go home and and really study these things out for yourself Uh, let me read it to you because today's communion you know notice what we we read right here um and then the verse 16 above all taking the shield of faith with which you quench the fiery darts of the wicked one and so the devil he's shooting these uh fiery arrows. They would put the arrow in the pitch and they would light it on fire and they would shoot it at you. But you've got this two foot by four foot shield that would quench those darts. They would actually soak it in water and it would quench those fiery darts. So as the enemy comes in and he lies to you. He says, God doesn't love you. God's not for you. Sometimes he says dumb things like, God's not real. You know, I mean, you name it. He'll, he'll, he'll just, whatever the lies... You know, it's funny sometimes the things that he'll tell people. The other day a dear brother came up to me and he said, I thought you uh, were mad at me. I said, what? I said, no, I wasn't mad at you. Absolutely not. I love you. And here's the thing, man. The devil will put thoughts in our minds. Maybe you're here tonight and you're thinking. And I, I just know. I just know because I've been there. Sometimes even I feel awkward. I feel like at a place like the devil's trying to say, you don't belong here. And I'm like, well... I'm the pastor, but um, (laughs) I hear what what you're saying because I I, I do feel that way sometimes, you know? But check it out. This is my family. This is my family. You're my brothers. You're my sisters. We have one father. We're in this together. We're a body of believers that are joined together by the blood of Jesus Christ. And when the enemy comes in and he lies to me, I, I, I just, I don't know. I'm going to take up that shield of faith. I know what the Bible says. See, that's what we need to do. These shields of faith, they were so cool, they would actually lock together so you could go forward as an army. And that's what we need to do. You know, take up that, that shield of faith. Let that faith, like a muscle, grow and he says right here, um, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. You know, these helmets were made of, of brass. They were so thick. The only thing that could possibly penetrate them might be an axe, but you'd have to hit that helmet numerous times. And, and so this protects your mind and what it is, it is the assurance of salvation. Have you placed your faith in Christ? If you have, then you're saved. If you haven't, then do it tonight. He loves you. He died for you on a cross. He rose again the third day. All you need to do is turn and trust in Him so that you can wear now the helmet of salvation and you can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that when you die, you'll go to heaven. You're accepted. He loves you. All you have to do is take that step and say, yes, Lord, I repent and I receive. Christ as my lord and savior today you know it's just so amazing the helmet of salvation and the the sword of the spirit which is the word of god and we know jesus he swung that sword in matthew chapter 4 when the devil came against him and tempted him in different ways he just kept saying it is written it is written it is written remember that great line in the great disney movie hercules the hero's only as good as his sword and he held up the fish you guys remember that (laughs) <laughs> our sword is the word of god think about that praise god for this sword that we have and the sword that he's talking about here is more of a, of a dagger more like a switchblade i guess you can say and and then he talks about praying you know praying and i love what he says right here praying always with all prayer and in the spirit for all uh, perseverance for all the saints I mean, one of the things that you'll find in looking at this right here is that, man, those seven things—if uh, you're praying and you just asking God to work—we're praying for each other. We're praying always with all perseverance. Paul asked for prayer for himself. Then you watch. Uh, as a result of that, then we will win. You know, the other day I was talking to Carlos, and uh, and and I know you guys know this, you know, but you know, his daughter has passed away uh, from leukemia, right? And so, you know, it was so cool to, to hear what he said because a lot of times people, when they go through stuff like that, they'll be like, oh, they lost, they lost the battle. They They lost the battle. And Carlos, it was so cool. He said, no, she won the battle. She won the battle. Because... Like, like I said earlier, the devil will come in and he, what did he say? He, he said, let me touch him. Let me touch that guy Job. Let me take him through the difficult times. Let me test him. Let me touch his body. Let me touch his kids. Let me take away his money. Watch what will happen, the devil said. He'll curse you to your face. What's he saying? He'll lose his faith. And so the, the, the test is not whether or not you live or not, not whether or not you feel good. Not whether or not the thorns taken away or the trials are gone. The test of of, of winning or losing is whether or not you will hold to your faith in Christ. And what we're talking about right here in winning the battles is that. That no matter what happens, because you've been wearing your armor, that, that you guys would never lose that faith. And as a result of that, Man, yeah, you'd even grow stronger, and God would use you to touch lives. And so tonight, we're we're blessed. We have a communion, and uh, my prayer, you guys, is that that you know when you listen to a study like this, you're like, man, I'm I'm so glad so and so was here, you know, to, to hear that. You're thinking of the person next to you, you know. And uh, no, for us, you know, let's take this to heart. Let's ask God to meddle with the middle right here so that we would have that spiritual victory.